Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Just adds to so much more kind of flexibility, even if it's, again, a feature that's not necessarily designed with your my kind of use case in mind. It just gives you more and more options of how you want to do stuff, where you want to do it. It can't be a bad thing to give people more options and they need to sit a certain way or just be more comfortable. It doesn't have to be permanent things that are going on with you that require you to use it, but it could just be, you know, on a particular day you, you need to do it this way. Again, just nice to have these different options for the way you do work. Welcome back to iPad Pros. I'm really excited to share with you today a lot of thoughts on iPad OS with my guest, Andy Nicolaitis. You can listen back to episode 31 to hear Andy's first appearance on iPad Pros. Both Andy and I have been using it since the beta came out on that Monday of WWDC and have some impressions on how this new OS will change the way you can get work done on the iPad. There are two things I did forget to mention during the podcast that I thought I'd share at the top of this episode here. The first is the cool addition that pretty much all of the 3D touch functionality is now in iPadOS as a long tap. As someone who has never had a 3D touch device, it's really amazing having it here on the iPad. It's so useful in Safari and on the home screen, I'm discovering new places this feature comes in handy almost daily. The other thing I forgot to mention during our time talking about the mouse is there is a way to manage your multitasking with the assistive touch menu. I found it's best to disable all other options so all you have in that menu is multitasking management. It makes it so much quicker to get into that and not accidentally get into another menu item that you rarely use. You can do things like dismiss slide over, assign a new app to split view. Basically anything you can do with touch to manage your app's multitasking can be done with this menu item and you can invoke this with a custom button on the mouse so it's always available. You can see a video of this via my Twitter account at iPad Pros Podcast. It's one of the recent tweets where I did show this in action. With that, I just want to remind everyone to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review goes a long way in helping others discover the show through better podcast SEO. You can also support the podcast at patreon.com slash iPad Pros. Even a dollar there goes a long way. Thanks to those that do support the show on Patreon already. With that, I'm pleased to share my first episode about iPad OS. There'll be many more to come as we discover more and more about this brand new us over the summer. Without further ado, here's my interview with Andy. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me back, Tim. Absolutely. So I want to have someone else that's been living with what we can now call iPad OS for the past week or so. And uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you. Are we the thrill seekers that Apple were talking about in their uh, advice not to install I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Apple's a bit grumpy. Uh, wait till the public beta, they're saying. I've been finding it very stable against what I've been hearing online and elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely problems. The, the more I'm using it, the more I'm seeing. But I don't think it's necessarily any worse than previous early betas that have, or betas that have, um, you know, have been released. It's there's no well at least that i've found no kind of showstoppers and there's not as many app crashes of stuff that i've seen again in previous years so touch wood it's uh it's looking all right at the minute yeah the two consistent bugs i've seen so far in beta one is you can't drag apps from spotlight down to your split view which is terrible i mean that's a deal <laughs> that could be a deal breaker for some it's, it's inexcusable <laughs> and then the other slide over apps it's really hard to slide them over off the screen because that bar in the very top middle no, uh, in the beta does not behave as it should. Instead, you have to like find some weird part in the right part of the window and drag that without tapping the content. Yeah, that is a bit fiddly. I I was literally for about five, ten minutes, I was flicking around with that thing the other day. I thought I was just being stupid or mistapping the, the screen or something. I thought it's, it's definitely not going anywhere. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, very stable and it's been great using it. I've got it installed my ten and a half inch iPad Pro. Uh, what hardware are you using this on? Uh, I've got it on the um, twelve point nine inch um, iPad Pro. So the twenty eighteen is it? Was it twenty eighteen? It came out. Okay, yeah, yeah, the third generation. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So you have Face ID. Has that been noticeably faster for unlocking? That's something I can't experience myself. It, it has. Not not so much on the iPad, to be honest, because that always seems a lot faster than my iPhone one, but I've got it on the the iPhone as well, and it definitely feels faster on that. 
Okay. So what I want to do in this next whatever, how many minutes, is just kind of go over how the changes to iPad OS have made working on the iPad this week better or what experiences have changed. I think to start, mouse support is probably one of the biggest fundamental changes to be available to iPad users and I'm curious if you've been diving into that. I have, yeah. I've been I've been really enjoying mouse support actually. It's it's something I I thought I wanted, you know, and then when it kind of came out it it wasn't quite what was expected because um you know for anyone that doesn't know it it's it's essentially an accessibility feature for me at least it's it's been working really well i've been really impressed with the customizability with those buttons in many ways it feels more customizable than if it was a standard feature not meant for accessibility because of the customizability with those buttons that may not have shown up in that way otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, that's a very good point. It's that yeah, it's it's super powerful. I think you can I haven't actually tried this, but I believe you can um, trigger shortcuts and stuff from it as well. It's not just you know system actions and stuff. You can. I, I tested that. I don't have a good idea of what to dedicate to a button for a shortcut at this time, but you are able to do some really cool things. For my configuration, I can pull up. Uh, my right click is my home button. And that is something that people are asking about right click that doesn't really exist on iOS. Instead, you're actually long clicking is kind of the right click for iOS. And that would be nice if they enabled that doing a long click instead of manually holding it down a little bit longer. Because it is set up at least for now as an an accessibility thing, it just kind of copies what you're what your finger does so you would think you know there, there would be a way of replicating that action but it doesn't seem to at the moment maybe it's something coming a bit further down the line i know this is as we've already said you know apple warned against installing this one so i, I guess it's maybe a little bit earlier build than they usually have ready for wwdc so i, I guess things could change any day now i guess when the second beta comes out yeah, so I, I picked up this $10 mouse, a USB mouse that I plug in through the lightning adapter, the unpowered one, to hook up to the older iPads, and uh, it's phenomenal. I've got, it's so five buttons, I've got the single tap, and then for right-click, I have the home button, and then on the, the scroll wheel, I can summon the dock by clicking that in, and then the open menu, which is the accessibility menu, which lets you get into a lot of different areas, uh, you can click in the notifications, Siri, all that kind of stuff. The control center is another one I have toggled from the buttons. And what have you found to be the most useful, customizable ones for your mouse? And what's kind of your setup there? I've done pretty much the same as you, to be honest. The, the mouse I've got, I'm not sure what it was called. I think it was a Logitech M- MS2, something like that. But that's got that's one of the ones with the, you know, the little Bluetooth dongle things you can put in, those kind of mini mini dongle thing so i've I've got that plugged into a, a hub so it does actually work kind of wirelessly yeah okay so those like fake bluetooth ones actually that use the dongles will work if you plug it into those hub uh, like devices yeah so. exactly okay. yeah i've got the i think it's called a hyperdrive hub that put out on kickstarter so yeah, i've got it plugged in through there and then the it's got little side buttons go back to the home screen and stuff i haven't got anything like you kind of haven't had a chance to set up any interesting shortcuts and stuff so it's just the basic kind of operations yeah and a nice setting they did include is you're actually able to turn off the accessibility assistive touch little icon that normally would show up and there's an option to hide that when you're connected to a mouse uh, which is really nice because before you'd have this little annoying other icon on there that you don't really need so that is a nice addition yeah that is good that they they got rid of that it is a very well thought out feature i think it's got a lot of customization on there you can't reduce the size of the the pointer unfortunately though that quite i I guess i saw as a bit of a exaggeration but it's it's obviously not a, a pointer style but I guess when it's trying to replicate what your finger would be doing, it has to be a, a certain size, doesn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, fired, fired up Assassin's Creed Odyssey the other day. Okay. And on my iPad through remote play. And it's, it's funny, the cursor in that game is identical pretty much to the iPad cursor. It's a circle with a tiny circle in the middle. Oh, okay. So I guess this is used in other applications like gaming as something where you don't want a mouse, but perhaps the circle type thing. But it would be nice to be a little smaller. Uh, I do like that it goes transparent when it's idle, which is nice. So it's not as in your face when you can uh, 
we don't need it yeah absolutely it's definitely yeah there's, like i said there's there's some nice little touches in there the interesting thing i thought with the change to the the way you select text and stuff where you kind of just press in where you want it to go and then start dragging that works a lot better I'm, I'm still kind of getting hang of it using my finger to do that but i seem to be able to nail it quite quickly using the mouse and it, it feels like it's i'm sure it wasn't the case but it feels like it was um, kind of set up with that in mind yeah it's been a lot more natural for me the first day i was like a bit at odds with it but i've really gotten hang of it and something i've also kind of learned to do is there's three finger gestures to copy and paste right at first i was trying to do it on the screen where i wanted it to happen but i realized it's going to paste it where the cursor is. Yeah. And it's going to copy whatever text is highlighted. So you can actually have that gesture be implemented wherever on the screen. And by doing that, that's really made it uh, better for me, at least, uh, being able to just not worry about where my hand is to do that gesture. That's a good tip, actually. I've been practicing trying to do that. And I've just, I'd look a bit of a madman just like clawing at my screen. And it's not, it doesn't seem to be doing it. It is fun. <laughs> when it goes right, it's very satisfying. The, the amount of times it does go right, for me at least at the moment, is uh, probably about one in 10. So I need to, need to practice that. But moving it away from where I'm actually trying to put the text so I can see things a little bit better, it's probably a better idea. I didn't think, I kind of saw it more like presumably you did originally of just, you know, I want it to go there. So I'm, I'm kind of flicking at the screen where I want it to go, but it's uh, probably not the best bet. Yeah. The other challenge, I guess, is I love the four and five finger gestures to go home and swipe app to app. That's something I use quite a bit and it can be a bit hard sometimes to not have four fingers down versus three. I wish there were, I don't know. I wish there was some way around that. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to take some getting used to. I think it's, um, there's muscle memory that we've built up over however many years with the closing action, like I said, with, with, with multiple fingers to reduce it, you know, go back to the home screen, close the app or whatever. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely going to take a little bit of practice not to pull too many fingers in. So I'm doing at the moment, it either doesn't work at all, or I just close the app when I'm trying to copy something. So these gestures are really helpful if you're not on a keyboard or using a mouse and all that. And the other thing that you've really improved is one of the big annoyances I've had as an iPad user when I am without a physical keyboard is the screen space you lose whenever you type into a text box. Say I'm like typing a URL, half the screen disappears to this huge keyboard. Now when you're not attached to a hardware keyboard, you can say... Let me do this tiny floating window and have my screen real estate not be consumed by that keyboard anymore. And that is really nice to have that there. And it floats literally anywhere. Have you been using that much at all? Is swipe working for you well? How's that going? I've been using it a bit. Like I said, when it's, it's more is exactly for that use case you said, where you've got to enter a bit of text in something. But for the most part, because I've got the larger iPad, I, I do use it kind of fairly stationary quite a lot so you know and, and attached to a keyboard so i don't need to do it much but it is nice to have if i'm just kind of you know wandering from room to room or something and need to do something quick but it's definitely better the, you know the swipe keyboard is definitely helps with that you know like it like i said if you're just holding it on the side and you just want to do something quick as you're as you're moving about it's um it's really helpful now the other thing as far as getting around the system that they've improved so beyond mouse support which i think is going to be really great uh, for when I'm at my desk or a table, and I am finding I'm working at tables uh, about a thousand times more than I used to <laughs> because of the mouse. I don't know. If, have you changed your habits as far as your work environment because of that? I have, yeah. I tend not to because I've got a, like a, a small kind of office kind of study space that I, I use at home. But one of the reasons you know, I, I, I liked iPads at the first place is that I can... I can kind of sit around the house or do different things when I'm, you know, if I'm just using it in a non-work mode, you know, when I'm just relaxing in the evening or whatever. But I found myself looking for, for more reasons to kind of sit down at my desk and, and kind of use it there. Because I, I guess the novelty will wear off fairly soon you know, with the mouse. But it's it's just something because I, I've wanted it for so long and it, it's working so well for me. And again, I appreciate it. It's, it's not really what it's for. And it's not to replace the kind of touch interface and the way you do stuff. But it's definitely enjoyable and i'm having even more fun on my ipad than i usually do which is good yeah flexibility i think is just the big thing i've noticed with ipad os is the flexibility of interacting with your device yeah and when when you use before we move off the mouse is as you know i work with two ipads sometimes and right now i've got my smaller ipad a little bit further away out of touch range but the mouse is next to me and i can still interact with that ipad a little bit further away than i can actually reach 
So it, it does bring a lot of possibilities up. You could see people having a stand where really high up at eye level and you don't want to be reaching up at that point if you don't have something for your hand to rest on kind of thing. So it brings about a lot of new different work, I guess, configurations. And the other one is voice control. And this is another thing where I was surprised to find another accessibility feature that me as someone that I guess doesn't technically need it, but finds it useful is actually using quite a bit. If I'm just lounging on the couch home alone or whatever, I'll turn on voice control and just, it's a very, I guess, cathartic experience just talking to your iPad and doing everything for you. And uh, have you played around with voice control much? No, I haven't at all. Actually, I obviously watched the the video about it. It looked very impressive, but it, I haven't actually dived into that yet. To be honest, I don't know really how it works beyond just seeing it in that video. So, do you, do you have to record or kind of tell it what you want to do for different actions, or does it just kind of natural language passing or something that? It's very natural, so it all works offline. And the way I typically have it set up is where it shows the numbers. Okay. So every tappable thing on your screen has a number associated with it. So you can just say, you don't, you can say tap five or you can just say five and it's going to tap it. So five and it'll open up mail. And then you see mail message, you know, 16 halfway down your iPad, you say 16 and it opens that up. Oh, wow. And throughout the whole interface, you just say numbers and it'll click into it. And if it's in a text field, you can just start talking and it'll dictate text. It's just very natural. And there's certain things that you can you can also just say, you know, open Slack. And anywhere in the system, if you have an app installed, you can just say open the app name. So there are speakable items as well. And it's one of the most intuitive, most natural ways of, of doing voice control I've ever seen. The one option I do wish they would have is to turn off dictation when I'm in a text field. So... When I'm listening to a podcast, I don't accidentally get some <laughs> random bits of things because uh, listening to a podcast isn't bad for navigation because the odds of someone doing what I just did is very mm-hmm. low, but uh, dictation would kick in for sure. But it's it's great. So do you just turn that on and then once it's on, it's listening to everything you say from that point? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yep. So I have in control center... I have a bunch of different accessibility options that I can pull up at any time. So I can, from there, I can turn on the mouse, the voice control, full keyboard access, and color filters. And I, I switch between those throughout the day, depending on what I'm doing. Oh, well, nice. I need to dig a little little bit deeper in there then, I think, by the sounds of it. I, I know what I'll be playing with tonight after after this call. Yeah, it's so much fun, voice control. Like, I didn't think it, I, I didn't think it would be, because I've played with the voice over before, and that's just not for me i mean it's it's designed for someone that can't i don't that can't see i believe is kind of who it's for and i believe voice control can even initiate shortcuts you can do custom commands to program in gestures and things like that it's kind of wild you can tell your device to go to sleep and reboot and it's yeah it's very in-depth and you can do grids and zoom in to grid five or whatever. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and then there's also full keyboard access so you can navigate the whole UI with the keyboard. Okay. I'm finding I'm using that one less because uh, I figure I'm going to use the mouse or voice control, but that one's also pretty nice to have in there. Mm. Like you said before, it just adds to so much more kind of flexibility, even if it's, again, a feature that's not necessarily designed with your my kind of use case in mind it just gives you more and more options of how you want to do stuff where you want to do it it can't be a bad thing to give people more options and they need to sit a certain way or just be more comfortable it doesn't have to be permanent things that are going on with you that require you to use it but it could just be you know on a particular day you, you need to do it this way again just nice to have these different options for the way you do work yeah, I could imagine if you're in a brainstorming session, you pacing around your room, mm. talking to your iPad to control it, you know, as I, I believe people did in the Mac days with Dragon had some applications that would control your Mac in a similar way where maybe you do want to just pace around the room talking to your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, yeah, just possibilities of just different work environments are just, just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So what other features in iPad OS have really change the way you're going to be getting work done on your ipad the file stuff has been dramatic change a lot of the stuff i think a lot of the criticism that things like files and and file management stuff had i think haven't been as big an issue as people 
say they have been for a while you know a lot of people until now all of a sudden thought that with things like in files you have to save documents within the the kind of siloed off space for a different app and you can't do much else you know it, it can't replace dropbox and that kind of stuff but you know, I think, which I mentioned to you when we had our chat a few months back, I've been using it like a Dropbox replacement for years. You know, I've had, you, you can create your own folders, you can drop stuff in wherever you want it to go. It doesn't have to be in a separate app, but it's just kind of changed a bit more power user stuff in there now. So like I said, I don't know if I mentioned to this to you at the time, but things like, you know, if you have video files saved into to files or iCloud Drive, you want to, da- you know, you download it, you want to view it for a, a day or so. There was no option previously to remove that download manually at least you could delete the file completely and it would take it off iCloud as well or you had to just leave it on the iPad and the system would remove it when it's ready you know when it when it runs out of space it'll it'll get rid of whatever it wants whether you wanted that file or not but now when I've been kind of digging around there's that contextual menu when you long press on files or different things now it opens kind of a sub menu I don't know if you've you've seen that yeah it's much better than before so before you had this horizontal more traditional looking a long tap kind of menu. Yeah. And now it's actually thought out that, hey, this is a really long list. Let's give you a vertical list that you can read everything in it. There is that remove download, remove file or remove download option. Yeah. And there's also pin, which is the opposite of that yeah. of, please don't get rid of this <laughs> file when I'm on the airplane, please. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's these little things that in isolation, if you just said, oh, look, now you can remove a download, it sounds a bit you know, a, a bit silly and you ask questions why it wasn't there before, but there's so many of these little kind of quality of life updates and, and additions that when you compile them all together, you get a really kind of solid update to the way you, you get things done and, you know, how you manage files and different things. So it's, there's lots of little bits like that, I guess. There's more than just one fundamental thing that's that's changed everything. It's more just, I explore this and when I try and do something, I'm, I'm surprised that it actually does allow you to do that now. It's little things that have been leading to a, a bigger change, I suppose, overall. Yeah, for sure. And external hard drive support is another one and this is one i'll be using quite a bit because to get audio files from the zoom recorder to my ipad i have been using this little wireless hotspot device to do that but now i'll be able to just plug it directly into my ipad and that seems great it's not something most people will need but it's really nice to have there and with the new multiple window support you can have your sd card on one window in your destination window elsewhere and you can have you know all of that open and drag between the two if you have a hub you can also have multiple external devices hooked up at once which is neat do you know if you can if you've got something hooked up can you drag kind of images out you know like say if you wanted to do a more physical backup of your iCloud photo library or something. Can you kind of drag them out and, and save them onto an external drive or something? I don't see why that wouldn't work because you can you can drag from photos to the files mm. app, so that would that would work. Yep. Okay, that's interesting because I've been I've got all my file uh, all my photos in iCloud Photo, and I don't really have. I've probably got kind of scattered backups on kind of Google Photos and things that I've used in the past, but. I've been thinking I should uh, I should probably back things up a little bit more. Yeah, I'm not sure if there is a select all in photos, so that uh. might be a bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I, there might be. I forget. It's been a bit since I've tried to do that. It, won't, it wouldn't take too long to drag what thirty thousand photos in one at a time. <laughs> right, that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. <laughs> I've got a few years I can I can devote to that. It'd be fine. But on older iPads, it's a bit interesting uh, because you do need that USB 3 to lightning adapter that has a power as well. So you're going to be traveling with a battery that plugs into that because uh, your hard drives and even SD card adapters need that power brick right, okay. uh, with it. Makes sense, yeah. That's one of the big advantages of USB-C is there's a heck of a lot more power coming out of that. So you can just plug drives directly in with no extra power or um, finagling. Uh, something I did run across is it's it's weird. I have a four terabyte mobile hard drive that has never given me a power error before, but this little SD card reader thing that's USB will give me an error every time I plug it in. Uh, the first time I just have to replug it in, and it works the second time consistently. Okay, so there are some weird. weird quirks <laughs> if you're on an older iPad. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's interesting. I wonder if these things will get ironed out on the kind of subsequent betas, or if it's just kind of the way it is the way it's going to work 
Yeah, hopefully they get ironed out. But there's also if you did want to just solve this the other way for twenty nine bucks, I believe there is a lightning to SD card camera connection kit from Apple and that would now work with the files app versus before it was just photos. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe that's a better option then. <laughs> yeah. But overall files feels much more like you know finder functionality there's server support yeah multi-window support you can zip and unzip files that's huge and iCloud folder sharing share an entire folder now which is huge yeah and I thought I saw somewhere in there a way to scan documents directly in the files app I can't find that anymore I thought I saw it though yeah you, de- you definitely can again like... oh it's a triple dot yeah so in the sidebar of the files app Okay. Uh, you can say connect to server, edit sidebar, or scan documents. So that's where you go. You can actually scan documents right in files. And apparently this is an API. So third-party developers can use this scan documents in their apps as well, Okay. which is great. And it's in the mail app right now. So the thing that was in notes is now kind of spreading everywhere, just like pencil kit will be everywhere. That's really good. It's, it's again, all these little things that you would you would have... You know, a couple of months ago, you'd have a shortcut for it. You know, the, the zipping and unzipping. I had a, a shortcut for zipping, a shortcut for unzipping, and different stuff like that. It's just nice that it's now all these little kind of hacks and tweaks people had are, are all essentially baked in. It just makes kind of quality of life updates and changes just just make things a little bit smoother, doesn't it? Of, of you don't have to think, yeah. What do I have to get for this? And it's like that local storage app. You've you've probably used that in the past. Oh yeah. To, to make your local storage actually work like you think it would. And again, that's now redundant because local storage does work like you would think. You can just save stuff there, create uh, folders, and put stuff where you want it, and it and it stays there, which is which is again a nice little simple thing to add, but just increases the the overall kind of quality and efforts you got in there. Yeah, I now have a local scratch folder, which is really nice. Okay, yeah. I have an iCloud scratch folder as well that I use. But yeah, if you're working on stuff that you don't want beamed up to iCloud every two seconds, <laughs> they might delete in a second on purpose. Uh, that's really great to have there. I do wonder if I'll end up using the Documents app by Readle anymore because I was using that app to download stuff from the internet and zip and unzip stuff. And that was my main use of it. So I'm curious where they'll go with things like that. I know they're it's kind of like a music player now as well so they are trying to expand its functionality to do other things too yeah it's it's that's another casualty i think of of all this these enhancements so I, it's similar to you i haven't touched it since uh, trying ios 13 and i can't imagine why i would i would use it again like i said there is that music player but there's there's probably better options for that as well my i don't know about you but my documents is just a, a bit of a dump of little things that i've tried to download and you know just things that have been forced in there from because it, it appears to be the default for a lot of lot of file types and stuff um but it's not very organized my end it's just literally a dump of stuff that i've i've unzipped in the past and you know it's the, the, there's nothing i would i would miss not having that app anymore i don't think something i do wish apple would add in the next update to ipad os is the ability to say pdfs default open in x application there is no default apps so when you open stuff there's no actual way to 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 tell where to go yeah that does it does give you strange results sometimes doesn't it <laughs> just kind of makes up what it wants does, to do yeah. or, or just um insists on opening it in a certain way that you it's sometimes hard to get out of that loop of it just doing what it wants to do and then the other thing i hope that gets addressed next year is adding your own music to the music app as well as the ability to i guess back up or store movie purchases from iTunes on an external drive like you can on Mac, mm. like enhancing all the media management stuff that has to do with Apple's Apple's apps yeah. would be nice. Yeah, that's a good 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 point. Yeah, I didn't think about something like that, but yeah, that would be very helpful. Because how cool it would be to have like this, I don't know, four terabyte little mobile drive with you and you have all your movies stored there and you can play them. Uh, the only way you can do that now is if you do it with ripped DVDs or Blu-rays that are stored versus iTunes content. I guess I haven't tried throwing DRM to movies on an external drive. I don't think it would work, though. No, I assume not. But yeah, it would be good to be able to... I know we, you only quote-unquote own the stuff that you buy from stuff like iTunes and stuff, but still, you should have a little bit more flexibility of the way you use it, definitely. Now, the, one of the big changes to getting worked on an iPad, of course, is desktop browser. Now... How much have you played with this uh, so far? Um, a, a fair bit, because I've got the larger iPad. It's sometimes hard to tell which version of a, of a site I'm, I'm getting sometimes. But now that I've been using it on there, you can really tell the difference on certain sites that I visit that 
you know, I always assumed maybe I was getting the proper desktop version of a of an app and and I haven't. There's not a lot of use cases where I, where it's been an issue for me in the past. Um, you know, I don't use things like Squarespace. I don't use Google Docs or, or things like that a lot. So I know those are the big kind of ones that get get referenced for for this. But it's it's not changed too much at this point, at least. You know, we're obviously only a what a week into using it. But I think it's it's probably having an impact that I'm not even noticing. If you if you know what I mean, you know, it's it's just so yeah, it's so well kind of implemented. You know, you don't have to do anything. It it is it is doing as they've said in the keynote. You know, it when you check with the new little um kind of symbol the the icon that changes the i guess replaces the the long press that you used to have to do on the the address bar to request the desktop site and um you know load without content blockers and stuff it's i i keep checking on a site just to kind of make sure it's doing what it's doing and it and it definitely is is it had much of an impact your end as yet i've tested it. yeah so i've tested in google docs that's awesome mm-hmm. i've tested in squarespace and it's oh, oh this is working so i do have a squarespace site that i don't update that much and uh, the one test that did fail was Google Hangouts Live from the iPad, uh, which you can't still do. The app doesn't do this, and the the web the website says I need to try it on Safari because uh, <laughs> of course it does. I'm guessing it's a Flash requirement yeah. or some desktop thing that just isn't there yet because it's video and it's complicated. But uh, overall, it's it's great. Everything's working better. I would feel much more comfortable going into an office environment and not feeling like I'm trying to make it work when maybe it's not the best browser for the job. Yeah. Now, I think it will pass in a lot of situations it didn't before. Yeah, absolutely. I did have a, a thinking thinking about it now, I did have a use case that I, I wanted to try using it for, but it didn't actually work. You still can't get on iCloud.com through there it still just tells you to go and do it through the ipad but i had to or was trying to set up a an alias in the in the apple mail uh, thing on icloud.com um because as far as i yeah. know it's the only place you can set it up on the site but it wouldn't let me actually get the kind of desktop site i still had to go into uh, icab mobile and, and do it in there it worked in there but safari just wasn't having it hopefully by the end of the beta process that is ironed out yeah yeah i think they just maybe just need to change their site somehow it is weird. I if you tap and hold on the refresh icon in Safari now, it lets you copy the URL. All of the other stuff was tucked away into that A, the display menu, the A in lowercase. Yeah. A. I wish there was like some customizability stuff I could put in the refresh tap down because I'm so used to having that. Yeah, I'm still reaching up there. Um, but the other menu is nice. Again, it's that kind of the same kind of sub menu you get with uh, long pressing on files and stuff, isn't it? That kind of that proper drop down, not just a horizontal bar again. It's it's. I do like that look. I don't, like I said, I don't know what the actual name, if they've got a name for that kind of sub menu, but I've been exploring around the system, kind of pressing on stuff and seeing where I can get that thing to pop up because it's, it's useful and it's got a lot of stuff tucked away in there usually. Yeah, the other cool thing with Safari and other apps that will su- that will support this is multi-window support. Yes, and the coolest thing is if you just pull up from the dock Safari. So you open Safari, then you pull up. You can actually grab another icon of Safari, put it next to it. You can grab a third icon of Safari and put in slide over, and you can just keep dragging that app icon and pulling it up to make new windows of Safari. Some cases, some apps are document based, but with Safari, you can just keep grabbing grabbing that uh, icon to make new instances, and that's something I'm finding really intuitive and, and useful. Yeah, that is really useful. When I um, heard the rumors and stuff about what was coming, and, and everyone kept saying multi instances of apps, I I, I was thought. I don't know when I would actually need to do that, but since being able to do that, I've used that, you know, a lot on on various different things. You know, for mail, if you're trying to write a mail, um, you can have the uh, another instance of it up to to read the message you're replying to and i was updating my blog the other day and i had the code on one bit because you have to go to different menus to find it on the on the site that i've got so i had the kind of the code up one side and then the actual site on the other side so i could change the code on one window refresh the page on the other there's a lot more use cases for it than i i imagined there would be when i was uh kind of listening to the rumors and stuff like i said yeah in my last day job something i used all the time and one of the reasons I worked with two iPads every day was having Google Sheets open with two different tabs. And you needed two different iPads to do that back then. Right. And now you'll be able to have one iPad in both instances of the same document open with different sheets. And that's going to be 
so great for so many people yeah again it's another kind of reasonably small thing that's that's just making a big difference the way people get stuff done which is what this update seems to be all about now something i did discover in the forums is that desktop browsing mode evidently is not there for the ipad mini i know you're a mini user as well so that's something just to i guess be aware of that's interesting yeah, I guess they figured the screen size wasn't big enough to justify it, at least at this point in the beta process. Yeah, no, it make, makes sense, I suppose. I haven't dated the, the Mini. That's my kind of stable thing I've kept, so I'm, I'm recording with it now and stuff, so I, I thought I'd better keep that one clean, I suppose, <laughs> for want of a better term. Yeah. I couldn't resist doing it on the... I should have, you know, left the big iPad and kept that uh, safer being the kind of main one, but I, I couldn't resist the new kind of home screen look and stuff, so I, I jumped in, but... I, I'll keep the mini off it for now, but I will try that when I when I can. So the other multi-window thing that we get, and this works with every app out of the gate, uh, the true multi-window apps will need updates. That's not supported just out of the box. But what we do get is unlimited slide-over apps. How much have you been using this? I'm finding this really useful to have all these apps. Uh, when I use my iOS 12 iPad, I'm remembering, oh, I have to keep dragging back and forth between two slide over apps from the dock and that's no fun that was a big pain and yeah again i'm, I'm making a getting a lot of use out of that it's it seems to be kind of um purging my my lists quite a lot of what apps i've got in there i don't know if that's the way i'm using it or if it's just a bit of a buggy installation i've got or something i don't really know but when it is working well it's it, you know it's great it's it making things a lot quicker i'm finding myself switching between apps a lot more where before i used to maybe just kind of make do or, or not check that thing i wanted to check because like i said it's it's such a pain of bringing the dock up dragging the thing back in and you know sometimes it will replace the secondary app instead of going in the side uh, slide overview and stuff like that but having a bunch of stuff all lined up in there now just to flick through is is really good it's like just having a you know a, an iphone attached to your screen basically because you can you know it it kind of looks like one sticking out from the side and then you can just flick through like you would any other app it's um yeah that's good it's, it's definitely definitely a nice feature to have yeah, you can also flick up to get into your iPhone's app switcher kind of yeah. thing to see all of them just there. And something very cool is in the App Expose, if you tap Sans Safari, you'll have the full windows for all the full-size app instances, and then you'll have your iPhone-looking ones yeah. that are the slide-over ones, mm-hmm. and you can have multiple windows within slide over so you can have say five slide over notes that are all different yeah it's nice it, it I, I found myself getting a little bit confused which one i need to open you know it, it can start getting a little bit messy but it, it does give you a bit of a summary of what you're seeing and stuff so it's 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 still finding you know very usable but it can get a little bit confusing when there's too many instances of the same app floating around in different spaces and, and stuff it solves a problem that i thought would be my idea of how this would be solved is you'd have and the slide over apps, the ability to have a top and a bottom slide over app, and they'd be cut in half. But this seems to solve that problem pretty nicely. Mm, yeah. You have less confusion, I think, this way. And being able to switch back and forth between, say, a calculator and something else and slide over is really useful. Something that I believe we both use is Shortcuts 3. Yep. And it's a big jump. They've changed a lot about it. And one of the things is you can now automatically trigger shortcuts to happen. When, say, you turn on airplane mode, you can have all sorts of other things just automatically happen without you doing anything, which is really interesting. Or, say, if I open up the Zoom recorder app, uh, conference app, so I'm getting ready for a conference call, I could, once that app opens, I could tell my iPad to, you know, turn on Do Not Disturb, uh, have Slack go in the Do Not Disturb, and, like, fire off all these things. The automation without you needing to hit a button to automate is really nice. Yeah, it's definitely a huge, huge jump between, you know, the old version and, and now. I didn't expect them to, to kind of push it forward so quickly uh, and in such a kind of dramatic way, I suppose. I have um, haven't had too much chance to, to play around with, with uh, setting anything too fancy up at this point. The, the update broke a lot of the current shortcuts I had, and I'm assuming I'm probably going to have to ditch a load of them and, and kind of rebuild. I've been kind of... Uh, leaving it be for now until further updates in case it kind of fixes stuff and or I guess breaks stuff more, you know, before I spend too much time trying to make 
complicated automated workflows and stuff I've, I've got some very basic stuff i've got one for when i leave work you know when i'm a certain vicinity away from work in the evening it will it will launch my podcast app and stuff and, and start that playing which is nice but obviously a very basic a basic example but the the possibilities are you know huge for what you what you could do i just haven't thought of too many things you know too too many like i said fancy things to to build as yet but i definitely will be over the over the next few months yeah, one of the interesting ones they added as far as actions is you can have an action to change your desktop wallpaper. So your iPad can literally change its desktop wallpaper every time it connects to your home Wi-Fi to a different family photo. And when you get to work, have it change it to something else. And Yeah, that's nice. There's all sorts of interesting possibilities, yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, I was looking the other day. There's some stock wallpapers that change when you change between dark mode and stuff. Yeah, I was thinking, I was wondering or kind of Googling if you could create your own versions of that because I've got kind of wallpapers that would, would work like that and I couldn't see anything. But, um, you know, like you, like you just said, you could use something like that to, to switch wallpapers when you change to dark mode. And, well, I don't know if you can use dark mode switch as a trigger, but you could set it to for the same thing that triggers dark mode. So the sunset. Yeah, exactly. You have the sunset trigger. Exactly, yeah. And that's something I'm going to be using because I believe I can trigger accessibility settings with sunset and sunrise and I use color filters to turn my iPads all red at night to help me sleep. Oh, okay. So I'm going to look into doing that through automation rather than me clicking it on every night. That's a good, good, good use case. So shortcuts three, that looks pretty great. And there is a weird, there is a setting now in short in the settings app for shortcuts to allow non-gallery shortcuts so all these people sharing shortcuts uh, you'll have to switch that on to make sure you're allowed to install yeah all these scary shortcuts <laughs> from the interwebs yeah that's a bit of a weird one isn't it when they're they're obviously trying to increase use protect people and, I mean, well yeah. yeah no I, I definitely get the the benefit it's it's it, it's a, a good example of of them kind of putting users first above above them because you know, you'd think you'd want to get more adoption and this could put a lot of people off if you think, you know, why, why would I need to be protected? What What's the problem with with all these other shortcuts and stuff? But equally, I've seen, yeah. you know, people that share um, or download stuff off, you know, maybe Reddit forums, uh, Reddit pages and stuff of, you know, shortcuts that contain their, their address details and stuff. You might think you're you're sharing a clever shortcut and forget to to take your address <laughs> out and stuff, you know. And, right. and I think once it's created that iCloud link, it's, it's probably not very easy to... Well, I don't know how you'd even go and get about getting that removed. So you could be pretty, pretty stuffed. So it's a good idea to to keep that safe. You know, keep keep people protected from downloading malicious because it can. You know, it can it can make API calls and all sorts of stuff, can't it? So I guess it could be, it could be sending your data all over the place without people realizing if you're not kind of taking a lot of notice of what your what actions are running when you trigger a workflow that you've got off or a shortcut you've got off offline somewhere. Another big thing I think a lot of people will take a lot of advantage of is this new Apple Pencil markup feature anywhere in the system. Yeah. And it's so cool in Safari where it just, you can have this huge long page and it just looks so beautiful. I've tried third-party apps that try to combine what URLs into a single page and there's always little glitches. This seems perfect. Yeah, it works so well. That that little action of dragging up from the corner with the with the pencil is even that is a It's so fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's just such a nice little touch and it works so well like you said and it just looks good. It displays it well. You can edit what you need to do quickly. And I believe third-party apps will be able to do the full thing that Safari's doing where if it's an app that scrolls, I think if the developer implements it, they'll be able to do the full screen thing just like they do, which will be nice. Yeah, I think so. It's all part of the is that the the pencil is it called pencil kit? That, that you can use i think so yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it's definitely good I, I i look forward to seeing that same thing kind of spread out into other apps once it's you know once it's publicly available and then something if you're a homepod user that will affect your life is that handoff feature we saw actually does work with ipads if you tap your ipad to a homepod when it releases it'll hand off the audio which that's pretty neat I thought it was iPhone only based on the keynote. Does that work? Now, have you tried that? Does that actually... I tried it the other day and it didn't do anything. It will when everything's updated. Ah, okay. The HomePod needs an update. But on the Apple's website, it did say iPad will support that, which is... It's kind of cool that that's in there. Yeah, it's a nice little touch. You kind of scoop your music up as you walk out or something, can't you? And uh, take it with you. It's just, it's a nice little touch. Now, the new Mail app, are you enjoying the improvements there or have you played around much with that? 
I like it in theory. It's been very buggy for me, and it's it's not working very well. You know, the swipes are okay. a bit weird, and it's it's yeah, it, it will. I I kind of swipe to delete a mail, um, and it looks like nothing's happened. So I do it again, but then and it actually has deleted that mail and the next one as well. So it's it's definitely not working hugely well for me. But I like the enhancements they've done to it. It's not. It's not a huge redesign or anything. It's definitely pushing it forward. It's it's an app I already use. You know, I, I already use the stock app just because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've moved around or used to move around mail apps so much and I just got bored of trying different stuff and I, I've gone back to the stock with that one. So it's, I will be making a lot of use out of it. But right now I, I'm I'm not able to, to enjoy it to its fullest, I suppose, until it gets, you know, a bit smoother. Yeah, something that I've realized is great with the mouse is just clearing out my inbox with that mouse <laughs> for selecting uh, mail messages I want to get rid of. Yeah, I think you can you can like drag and select multiple ones, can't you, with some sort of action, I think. Yep, you can. But yeah, the mouse just makes it easy to... Let me click through the ones I don't want. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, the composer window is just so much better in the new mail. It does feel like a desktop mail client now a bit more. There's still no way to add a link uh, a hyperlink so you still need to use a shortcut to enable that functionality which hopefully they get around to that next year uh, yeah it's a good point actually i don't send a lot of email with links and stuff in it but that's um yeah i didn't realize that you weren't able to do that to be honest and then um reminders is that an app you're going to be using now or are you going to stick to OmniFocus or things or some other third-party app no i'm, I'm definitely going to use that again kind of in my phase of, of going for all the stock apps i wasn't i wasn't quite using the reminders app but i was using the you know the apps that sit on top of its um it's kind of database so i I was using good task before i don't need kind of really complicated task apps like you know like i said OmniFocus and stuff so i I was already keeping it fairly simple um but i'm really enjoying the new reminders it's it's just kind of feature rich enough i suppose to to give me that slight extra option that i didn't have in the the old reminders app but it's still you know nice and basic tied into the system well it works well you know you you can nest um tasks or I guess they're not called projects, but they're essentially, you know, you can create a project and task within there, subtasks within each each individual task. So there's there's quite a lot to it and it's it's definitely pushed forward. I like the the look and feel of it as well. That's um that one seems to be working quite well for me. So I, I definitely think, at least for the time being, I'll be I'll be using that as my main main to do app. Nice. And then the home screen. Yeah. Uh, what's your approach to widgets now that those are always displayed or can be if you want them to be? Yeah, I like that. I've always I've always used widgets quite a lot. I've enjoyed you know having the the, the separate separate panel for them, and I've always kind of kept that up to date with some with a, a good setup. You know, I always I always focus on using that. I often kind of keep a fairly clean home screen and then then use that but having them at least a couple of them stuck on the the home screen is nice i was expecting to be honest from rumors and stuff a bit more of a uh, change to the home screen this is fairly minor or kind of a, a tag on of what they already had you know it's just persistently keeping two of them there but it it definitely gives it the home screen and a nicer again a nicer look and feel and it can be quite powerful with certain things on there obviously a lot of stuff is a bit broken at the moment and or at least in, again on mine, like carrot weather doesn't refresh quite a lot and different stuff like that. Um, but I can definitely see myself using it now that there's a bit more focus on it in in iPad OS. I guess developers would equally focus on it a little bit more. I think some widgets or quite a lot of widgets always seem to be a little bit of a an afterthought, and they're not you know they're they're not hugely useful either, kind of information rich or just very functional. So hopefully this will also encourage developers to to put a bit more attention in it. Got I think. Um, carrot weather and the reminders widget on there at the moment uh just while i'm kind of playing around with things but i I like it yeah and drag and drop does work from widgets so developers that are doing those shelf apps you could build out a pretty nice widget and i think a lot of them actually already have widgets for that so that's interesting i didn't know you could i didn't know you could drag stuff off widgets that's that's interesting yeah, and with iOS 13, or iPadOS 13, <laughs> you can actually drag notifications and 
make those as part of your slip view or your slide over yes yeah that's that's a nice addition again isn't it just a, a once again just a, a small thing that that makes a big difference the way you do stuff it's nice i hope they really do expand that even more like uh, everything should be draggable I think. absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, we can download stuff from Safari now. We didn't touch on that back uh, when we talked about Safari. That's huge that that actually works now. And then um, you can even pick where it, with the downloads, you can pick where it goes as well, can't you? You can you can pick yeah, up. You can say download into Google Drive yeah. every time if you want. Yeah, it's good. It's, crazy, I, I'm surprised but, they did yeah. that. I thought it would be, you know, if it, a, a basic implementation. It just goes where it goes, and then you you deal with it afterwards. But it, it's definitely good for to have again more options in that. Yeah, for sure. And then. The Find My app, if you have a Wi-Fi-only iPad and it gets lost, it'll do the local pinging. So it's not just AirPods that, that will benefit. If you have a iPad that's not always connected, that's going to be pretty useful for finding it, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty smart, isn't it? I like that. It's pretty cool. It reminds me of Batman a little bit. <laughs> Dark yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've got to destroy it. <laughs> but the way Apple did it, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And then the Notes app is, I love the gallery view. It reminds me a lot of Good Notes, the way they have that gallery. You can see all the pages and stuff. And that's, I, th- I think, just a nice change and makes everything more draggable because you can actually see it and touch it in that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Anything we didn't cover about iPad OS that you want to dive into before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't think so. That was pretty pretty uh, robust. Like I said, it's, it's I just love that there's just these so many. I'm still finding these little little bits and pieces as I'm I'm digging around and stuff. So it's there's there's a lot more to it I think than even they showed in that quite detailed look uh, in the keynote. So it's it's an interesting um, an interesting change and good to see a you know a focus on it. I think at, th- at this point iPad OS is it's still good to see that they're they're focusing on it you know and, and kind of giving themselves that uh, impetus to to always mention it you know at a keynote they, they they're going to have to add something now that they've got a you know a separate name for it and it's it's its, its own thing so it's uh, it can only be a good thing for iPad and iPad users I suppose yeah I'm excited because before we're on a, every two year cycle and hopefully we get a, at least something new every year which would be nice yeah exactly <laughs> yeah even if it's minor stuff it still shows a a focus and a commitment to it. So it's, uh, yeah, can only be good, I think. And I guess they will continue to be called iOS because the Apple Touch is still a product in Apple's lineup. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> for now, at least. For now, at least, yes. So thank you so much for your time, Andy. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on again. Um, the, the best place, I guess, is on my blog on thedent.net. There's a, there's a contact page there, so you can you can find me on uh, Twitter and micro.blog and stuff. Uh, it's probably easier just to go to that site and then find me from there. Save uh, trying to anyone trying to remember how to spell my name. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on today. Cool. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast@gmail.com. If you email a voice memo, I'd be happy to include your audio in a future episode. I'm on Twitter at iPad Pros Podcast. And as mentioned at the top of the show, if you haven't had a chance to review the show on Apple Podcasts, I highly encourage you to do so. Every review helps send signals to promote the podcast more in search and helps other people discover the show. Thank you for your time and attention today. Talk to everyone again real soon. <laughs>